A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, end of the week, a traditional end of the work week. Might not be for you. I worked many a Saturday and Sunday, Milet. But today we are under the tutelage of our general manager. Professional trolls from Russia. Professional trolls from Russia. Da. Our general manager. Comrade. They're everywhere. They surround us. They've infiltrated us. They're influencing our national discussions. They're poisoning us against each other. What if it turns out we're not near as angry with each other as we thought? It's just Russian emails and news stories and groups. I'm the angriest person I know, and I'm not half as angry as everybody else seems to be. Right. What's going on with that? Maybe it's all just made up by the Russians. I don't know. I don't know about that. There's some angry people. Oh, man, we do but if, the- we, if we got sent this video of this social justice warrior, self-righteous gal mm-hmm. who steals a guy's MAGA hat and won't give it back and is wow. shouting about genocide and white supremacy. and You take and- my hat off my head, I would want to beat you to death. That would make me very mad. Yeah. And-, <laughs> and, and when the administrator finally said, let me hold on to the hat. I'm a neutral party, okay? Because we got to give the guy his property back. She was like, what? What could not understand that outcome? But what so if, there are angry people. Oh, certainly. sure. Always have been. What if the Russians took the angriest 1% and made it seem like it's 15% or oh, 20%? Some good analysis. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And has us all worked up about it. Which may be what happened. We're trying to learn more from the Facebook and Twitter people, although the Twitter people didn't tell us much yesterday. I've uh, never felt more in line with the Twitter people than yeah, yesterday. Me also. They handled it in a Jackian style, I'm calling it. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Excellent. You know what we're going to do today is study the world! Study the world! Hup, 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 study the world! It's Friday. Go study the world. Wow, listen to that. There's a skipping Marshall step and a little verve there yeah. from Michelangelo. I'm liking that. like a lot of verve. There. On Fridays, I listen to music when I'm driving. Only, only time I ever allow yeah. myself to do that. 
I got taken lots of news and information I'm driving. But Fridays, I listen to music on the way in. Uh, uh, and I really am feeling good. I was trying to listen to the news, and it was so tedious and annoying, I finally went with music. Hey, uh, uh, Michael, a little clarification. Your, your tone. Yeah. It was energetic. I couldn't tell if it was, go have fun, or if it was, go F yourself. I couldn't, I couldn't quite tell. It was a sarcastic. It was have fun. Oh, okay. It was well have done. fun. It was a Friday. Super. Yeah. My wife says that whenever I say something like, uh, whenever I say good for you, it oh. always sounds sarcastic. Oh, oh, boy. And I mean it. I mean good for you. That's great for you. I don't mean good for you. Oh, I suppose this sounds sarcastic, too, right? Like she says, hey, I finished my goat soap, and I'm really happy with it. Good for you. It always sounds sarcastic, I guess. What the hell do I care? <laughs> That's not what I mean. Blah, blah, blah. Goat soap this, goat soap that. Good for you. That's the way it comes out, no matter how I try. Um... <laughs> Let's introduce everybody in the squad. How are you this morning, Michelangelo? I'm doing good. At the top of the hour, there more NFL players were talking about what they were going to do during the national anthem on this upcoming Sunday. So I'm sick of politics being in football, yeah. so I'm going to protest in my own way. When I watch the game, I'm going to kneel in the first quarter, stand in the second quarter, squat during the third <laughs> quarter, and lie down during the fourth. I usually squat over halftime, but whenever you want to is fine. <laughs> Depends on the score. Prone for justice. I'm with you, Michael. <laughs> so they locked arms in the crowd at the Packers game last night? We'll have to talk oh, about that more yeah, later. Yeah, that what was, was that? the idea, anyway. What, what, what's going on there? There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Kind of an interesting weekend at the box office. You have kind of the the, the lingering hangover effects of the, the summer big movies right before the October flood of horror movies. And then in November, you get a lot of the, the Oscar bait mm. sort of movies coming out. Uh, but actually, two interesting movies coming out this weekend. You have the Tom Cruise vehicle, major movie star, American Made, about the guy who worked with the CIA to kind of create a the the de facto drug cartel of of decades gone past. Um, that one's getting some some fairly good response on the old Rotten Tomatoes. The one I'm most interested to see is Battle of the Sexes with Steve Carell and Emma Stone. That looks good. Looks good. Looks very funny. I'm a big fan of those two individually. So uh, I, I uh, and you're it, too young to have lived through that story. Exactly. I'm I'm aware of it, but yeah, I don't have the the living through it recollection. So mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to checking this. Joe one out. and I, of course, were doing talk radio at the time. That's and, uh, right. It's the Billy Jean King, Bobby Riggs thing. Yes, yes. What, yeah, what, what's next? Men familiar. playing dogs at tennis? Was that a, a, a common call? It of the was day? such a huge story at the time. Oh, yeah. Such a huge story. Oh, it was hilariously yes. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and it was before stupid was a part of the national psyche every single day, which it is now. Right. Now stupid wouldn't stand out, but it was stupid at the time. <laughs> it, it was, you know what? It, it may have been the first great fake reversi I was aware of. Yeah. Where it was, everybody was being whipped up into camps over something that was essentially just dumb. I'd like to see the movie because I don't know much about the behind the scenes on that whole thing. So that would be interesting. Oh, yeah. Looks uh, novel. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. I want us all to raise a freshly washed office coffee mug to celebrate International Coffee Day today. Do you realize over 400 billion cups of coffee are served each year? In fact... (laughs) You could have said four trillion or forty. I wouldn't have known. Right? Wow, that's quite a number. Everybody would have said, no matter what the number was. In fact, if you stack the cups together, it'll reach to Minnesota or the moon or Mars or who knows what. It's a world commodity that's second only to oil. Second only to oil. In what? Value or gallons or how dark it is? What, what do you Don't mean? Don't ask questions. <laughs> Second only to oil. If you, <laughs> if, if you stacked it up, how far would it go, Marshall? Anyway, I'm sure many coffee outlets are offering deals today. It can't hurt to go in and ask. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll drink my coffee today. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. <laughs> He's Joe Getty on this. It is Friday, September 29th, the year 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this here program. All right. Here's the official beginning of the show now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I'm more than a bit surprised in light of all the, the public interest in this subject over the last few weeks that anyone from the Twitter team would think that the presentation they made to the Senate staff today even began to answer the kind of questions that we'd asked. <laughs> so, Twitter, so Twitter shows up with a couple of notes scrawled on a piece of paper, and uh, we looked into it, and it looks like we got about uh, 20, 20 fake accounts, we think. So uh, anyway. Hashtag forgot the hearing was today. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get up? About to do the presentation, they pull out the report from their back pocket, fold it over about eight times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, try to smooth it out on the corner of the table. And, right. uh, Where did I have that written? And these are the same things that Facebook told us last week. Oh, yeah, it's a coincidence or something. Right. Then they have to say the report in like a hundred words. <laughs> they did. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I, I thought right. we were limited to this many characters. That's what we did. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall? As you've been mentioning, Twitter claims it shut down Russian trollers. We got a lot of apologies and a big check from one Trump cabinet member as Travelgate expands. And the NFL's linking arms maneuver stumbles into the stands. We've got those stories coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. That Travelgate story is interesting, that particular secretary that was flying around. Um, have you heard the clips, some of the statements he's made in the past about government's flying? Gov- oh, yeah, he's it's, been a harsh critic. Oh, we'll play some of those. It's amazing. Dude. Ah, it's just frustrating. Anyway, how's mailbag going? Oh, it's fine. It's good. It's okay. We have uh, clips of the week as well. That'll put a smile on my face. Oh, sure. Hmm. On National Coffee Day, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I think you've already won joke of the morning for hashtag we forgot the hearing was today. That's pretty <laughs> funny. That's uh, a biographical joke. Autobiographical, I should say. That's clearly what happened. But... <laughs> I've heard a couple of great, smart people sitting around a table discussions about this whole Facebook, Twitter thing. How are we going to handle it as a society, as a government, law, free speech? It's really interesting. It's a tough one. Well, it's not a tough one over on MSNBC, where they were unanimous this morning. We'll tell you what they said coming up. Because as recently as this past weekend, the Russians were jerking us around and stoking anger. Oh, oh, I guarantee you they're doing it as we speak. For sure, with a number of the hashtags over the NFL thing. Right. How much bigger was that than it would have been if Russia had stayed out of it? We don't know. I don't know. 1%, 20%, 50%? Could be quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. No clue. Mailbag coming up in a moment or two, Michael. Take it easy in there. Settle down. Settle down. Almost got you. (laughs) Right now, it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Rocket Man should have been handled a long time ago. Little Rocket Man. Leader Kim Jong-un yesterday called Trump a mentally deranged U.S. dotard. And online search engines are, of course, as we all know, dominated by one major player. That's right, say it with me, Bing. (laughs) Politics is, like, really fast, and it's about popularity and um, strategy in a lot of ways, which I can admire, but... It's not about, you know, it's not, it doesn't make the same change that, you know, legislation makes. There are fascists standing on top of the shoulders of other fascists, forming extra large fascists. 
Sometimes he sounded like someone who took one semester from a radical professor when he was a freshman, and that's all he knows about the world. That's uh, speaking to the leadership, speaking to the president. We've made the decision since we don't have the votes, we will postpone that vote. Why don't you tell me what it is, Dale? Quit beating around. Tell me what it is. Oh, you're home early. <laughs> Hi, Francis Melman. Hey, how are you, you f***ing racist? <laughs> Oh, God, that's funny. Nice. That's a good cow right there. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Beautiful. The cow's getting a little beefier lately. It's nice (laughs) to see him fatten up. Uh, Mailbag. Oh, my God. That was loud. Everybody all right? I might have the chance to put cattle on my property. I'm really looking forward to that. Really? Oh, I'm so jealous. I've always wanted cows. Yeah. I don't really want to do that. Can I come milk a cow? (laughs) (laughs) Jack has a cow, honey. Can I have a cow? If Jack jumped off a bridge... Hmm. They're not going to be cows for milking. They're going to be for growing up for hamburger and steaks. That's oh, what they're gonna be oh for. yeah. Can I have a hamburger? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's precisely why I want cows, too. Your not freedom-loving quote of the day, but enlightenment-loving quote of the day, passed along by Ben. Uh, Todd Rose, who's an author, writes, The hardest part of learning something new is not embracing the new ideas, but letting go of old ones. Yeah. It's not easy to do. Mm. I think we're designed to uh, hang on to stuff. Oh, sure. Because it keeps us alive. Yeah, we often tie our egos up to our, our ideas and theories, though, and it's difficult to let part of your, eager, or your ego go. So well, it's also humbling. important to remember that holding on to things is one of the th- reasons why we ascended to where we are yeah, today. That was our, my... our penchant for pattern recognition is one of the things that separates us from many of the yeah, other species. That's what I was driving at. Yeah, there's a reason we hang on to things, because th- if they're working, you know, it keeps our village from falling apart. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it's the accumulated wisdom of, of, of time. The uh, angry, bitterly resentful and unspeakably, incomprehensibly self-righteous social justice warrior and the MAGA hat incident. That video we have posted or will have posted, Sean, is it there? Oh, it's already there at uh, armstrongandgettyradio.com. It is so worth watching. It is amazing. It shows you what we're dealing with. It is not safe for work. I only got like two or three minutes, but she did. So she took it to like a hall monitor or something like she tried to tell it to the student services officer. Right, exactly, where they said, you got to give him his hat. What? The genocide of the white supremacist. It's not safe for work because of the language, or does somebody show a boob? Uh, no, her boobs stay moored. It's indeed uh, language. <laughs> moored. Yes. <laughs> Trump is to blame, writes Brenton Vallejo. Uh, my feet have been killing me. It's, oh, he says, resist our, hmm, resist plantar fascists. That was such a good joke, and I butchered it, Brent. Resist plantar fascists. It's funny. <laughs> little plantar fasciitis joke there. Unless you've <laughs> suffered from that malady, then it's not funny. It's nothing to joke about. That's right. Plantar fasciitis is funny to you? Foot supremacists. Let's see. I have inserts in my shoes right now because of just that malady. Jack, coming up, an incredibly controversial email. I should have teased that earlier, because that would have kept people staying tuned. Now, would, would they it, either uh, will or they won't. I doubt it would have. No? Okay. Uh, they bailed along. Bad analogies. Yes? Yeah, bad good. analogies, writes Frank. Well, as you know, arguing by analogy is illogical, though fun. Claiming a wedding... <laughs> this is... Uh, 
about well, fun. He, he explains it uh, pretty well. Claiming a wedding DJ or a pilot expressing political views to a captive audience is analogous to athletes protesting during the national anthem. It's just a really bad analogy. The athletes are not wasting our time. The anthem is played whether they protest or not. The game does not start until the anthem is finished. People are looking at the flag, which is what they're supposed to do. They wouldn't even notice the athletes protesting. On the other hand, the pilot or the wedding DJ waste our time. They fill up the time with their political views, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the only point of disagreement, Frank, is there is lots and lots of downtime during, uh, like, a, a wedding reception or an airplane flight. But uh, if you look out the left side of the plane, you don't see my political views. Right, exactly. <laughs> and if the pilot were to jump on and say, Folks, well, we're uh, waiting for clearance to take off. I just want to remind you that the the taxation of the rich is far uh, too low, and uh, they should pay their fair share. And no, that would be outrageous, sir, because they have your captive attention. Frank, I find your analysis of our analogy illogical. Yeah, I agree. I think um, if the captain did that on a flight, he would be. My the product is me flying from one place to another and not hating it, and you've made the product less enjoyable. The product yeah. with the football game is me watching the football game and enjoying it, and you've made it less enjoyable. I don't. It seems like the same thing to me. You know what? The more I think about it, though, and I don't need to buy the product. I'm not going to buy that product. It's it's one of those two set products. It's a little bit like you know all entertainment. The actual you are the product. For the advertisers. You're the change I've been waiting for? No. They put on the football game so you'll watch so people can advertise to you. Mm. So you're the product. But if you get mad, again, it's a two-step thing, which all entertainment is. I have uh, taken off the fashion seatbelt sign, and we are a uh, nation of immigrants. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Exactly. Just slip it in there, so then it's not, yeah. And we are a nation of immigrants. (laughs) STFU! Guys, am I missing something here? Found these books in the book stack at BJ's Wholesale Club. Have I lived my life as a lie? I was Those ta- are wholesale now? Yeah. Don't have to pay retail anymore. <laughs> Tired of paying retail? <laughs> this is Doug in Boston. Uh, already do a national show. Yeah, don't get me started. Here's book number one. Well, that's the only one we'll talk about. It's the only one we have time. Who was Fidel Castro? Is this book for sale? A boy who loved sports, especially baseball. This is on the back cover. Wow. A lawyer for the poor. A leader of a revolution in Cuba. Find out more in this illustrated book. Wow. That's for children? Touting communists in a Boston bookstore. Let's see. That's, okay, here you go. Here's your incredibly uh, controversial email. I'm going to leave the name out of it. It's that controversial. Guys, with all this hepatitis A going around, talking about the uh, the streets of San Diego in particular, I can't help thinking, is this not nature taking care of the homeless problem? Oof. Reading of emails is not endorsements, okay? Gotcha. I may sound heartless, but I've worked with the homeless off and on for over 30 years. The vast majority of them are a-holes who want to do what they want. Stay loaded, poo in the streets, panhandle, etc. Could this be natural selection? You cannot go against nature, but when you do, go against nature. That's part of nature, too. That's a quote from Daniel Ash. Um, hmm. He uh, said, I don't know how this, uh, what this has to do with anything, but it sounded cool. 
If yeah, if an individual or a group of people do not want to uh, take on uh, modern knowledge about how to build a society that or keeps even from dying, ancient knowledge, yeah, ancient knowledge, right? That they've Don't known for poo thousands, where you sleep for thousands of years, then yeah, what are you going to do? Well, the question is, you know, how many of them are crazy, so can't help it. What percentage of people you see, they actually would, you know, given the choice, they'll take that life over uh, over going to work every day. I don't know. I don't know the percentage. Right, right. I'm not going to give up huge portions of what I earn for somebody who just likes to be high. There's a lot of people that have the wherewithal and understanding of the way the world works to craft very uh, touching signs with their children and their puppies standing on the corner. Right, but you don't have the wherewithal to like hold down a job. That is interesting. And finally, uh, Brad, with an anti-chanting email addressed, I believe, to you, Jack, because your your sons have begun chanting for what they want. Less mess, more freedom. When they get in my mom's, or my mom. Why do I call calling my Dr. wife? Freud, my, calling Doctor Freud. Me calling my wife my mom. I should be strapped to a bed and forced to talk to a team of psychiatrists. I would agree. What it's, the hell is that? It's a sickness. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> My kids chanting when they get in their mom's truck. Less mess, more freedom, because there's no place to put their feet. Uh, Brad writes, I fear chanting may be a communist or invader technique in schools. Have your children refuse to participate in chanting. Next will be witch chants, cannibal chants, murder chants, invasion chants. Stop the chanting. Stop the chanting. Stop the chanting. I like, I like chanting in general. I, you know, I do, but I think it's usually stupid. I think most chanting, the effect of most chanting on most people is it makes them less sympathetic to your stupid cause. I don't know. This has really drawn attention to the cause of my wife's truck being a mess. Well, I would say, yeah, there are exceptions, clearly. My favorite chant, the whole world is watching. The first time, like Chicago 1968. That was a really good chant. Hands up, don't shoot was a really good chant until it turned out that that wasn't true. But if it right. had been true, that's a good chant. Yes. Yeah, I would say that communicates a lot. That's a uh-huh. good chant. What do we want? Blank. When do we want it? Blank. Not good. Not good. That's What uh, do we want? A time machine. When do we want it? Irrelevant. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> when do we want it? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Marshalls and News is next, and we'll get into what's going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So the first lady tries to do, like, the simplest task, give some books to a library, and that goes sour in our modern hateful age. Because everything's political. We'll have that story for you coming up. (laughs) Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Twitter says it shut down 201 accounts that were tied to the same Russian operatives who posted thousands of political ads on Facebook. Now, the tech company made that disclosure to staffers of the Senate Intelligence Committee looking into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. Virginia Democrat Mark Warner, though, was not very impressed with Twitter's presentation. I'm more than a bit surprised in light of all the the public interest in this subject over the last few weeks that anyone from the Twitter team would think that the presentation they made to the Senate staff today even began to answer the kind of questions that we'd asked. Well, yeah, there are some estimates that there are 20,000 examples of fake Twitter accounts out there, and all they did was show up with a tiny list of stuff that Facebook had already given over. Right. 
Yeah, they, well, they, that's why I call it Jackie, and that was like doing the very least you could do to get this exercise over so you could move on with your life. Shameful. <laughs> Me, I think the problem with Twitter is they're a business that's not making any money. They're spending all their time trying to figure out how to keep the boat afloat, and they're not really that worried about this. Meanwhile, it's being reported the Russian government's now linked to fake black activist social media accounts meant to stir up racial tensions during the 2016 presidential election. Oh, boy. CNN says a social media campaign calling itself Blacktivist used both Facebook and Twitter to create racial tensions during the race. I am certain I've seen those. Oh, sure, we all have, I think. Yeah. 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 So now they're being linked to the Russian government. What's really interesting, though... And troubling is how thirsty people on various sides of the political aisle seem to be to uh, to drink in the swill. I mean, there are plenty of people who take the blacktivist, all whiteies uh, should die, I hate white people, fight white people, and say, yeah! I mean, and on the other side, everybody who will take in the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, uh, activist uh, murdered an entire family in Poughkeepsie. And we'll believe that, drink it in, believe it. You know, they're giving us what we want. And where we get to the uh, the problem of uh, uh, how we deal with this in society, <clears throat> as I heard it pointed out by an advertising expert, the most popular show on television is uh, Sunday Night Football, and they get like 18 million viewers or whatever. And to buy an ad on there is a gazillion dollars. But there are hundreds of Twitter stars out there that have more followers than that. And if you can get them to retweet your story... You just bought an advertisement on something way bigger than Sunday night NFL football for zero dollars. Right. And it doesn't have to be the slightest bit true either. And you got more eyeballs reaching that. I mean, that's really amazing. That just never existed before in human history. It has never existed before. Right. Well, speaking of viral stories and that sort of passing them along, et cetera, et cetera, I'd like to thank everyone who sent us a link to the story. FBI seizes over 3,000 penises during raid at morgue employees' home. A uh, morgue employee? Morgue employees, yes. 3,000 male sexual units. Uh, on the other hand, that story is completely made up. Oh, really? Do yeah. us a favor, would you? Take 10 <laughs> seconds. Take 10 seconds. I mean, what? It, it, this comes from the always uh, the unimpeachable source, the... World News Daily report. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I'm that bothered by that kind of story yeah. floating around. That's uh, phony. But uh, all the political stuff, all the anger yeah. stuff, that's a problem. Yeah. And I don't know what we're going to do about it. In hot water, Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price says he is very sorry he chartered private jets at taxpayer expense so many times, and he will not do it again. I've heard the concerns, I've heard the criticisms, and uh, and in, in order to make certain that people appreciate that, that my respect for the taxpayer is as strong as it can be and always has been in my 40-year uh, uh, career, uh, uh, we think it's important to do a number of things. Price says one of those things is he'll repay the expenses out of his own pocket. Problem is, his department estimates his bill is over $51,000, while Politico estimates he took at least 26 charter flights, costing taxpayers more than $400,000. Price said he'd write a check for $50,000. Well, in some of the specific examples of flights he took where he went to a meeting that it's kind of, you know, iffy as to what he was accomplishing there, and then also, you know, visited his son or whatever... 
uh, at the taxpayer's expense. Or there was one that was great. He went from Washington to Philadelphia, I think it was, or something like yeah. that. It's like a, an hour and a half train ride, and it's a hundred dollars, and it costs twenty five thousand dollars for the taxpayers to fly him over. There. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and he was an activist against this here's, sort of thing. Here's we've got the clips yep. of the sort of thing he has said okay. in the past. Perfect. If you'd like to hear it, I think we've uh, we've made it halfway where we ought to, and that is uh, cut it from eight to four jets. Now we need to cut it from four jets to zero jets. Um, th- this is just uh, uh, another example of a uh, fiscal irresponsibility, irresponsibility run amok in, in Congress right now. Well, I want to say to the Speaker, don't you fly over our country in your luxury jet and lecture us on what it means to be an American. So he's a, he's a guy who didn't even think the Speaker of the House had an important enough job that he ought to be flying, you know, on private jets. He has breasts, Jack. That was Nancy Pelosi. Or she. Um, uh, a Girls woman? get to yes. A woman can be speaking. Yes. Why that? All right. We ought to think that over. Um, but so he didn't even think. So it's because some people make the argument: yeah. these are important officials. They have to get there quickly, and they can't be wasting their time sitting in the. Okay. Well, he didn't even think the Speaker of the House's job was important enough that they ought to right. take a private jet. Yet when he gets in office, right. his uh, speaking to some lunch on the other side of the country is worth the taxpayer picking up fifty grand. If Trump doesn't fire this guy, Trumpism never existed. Trumpism is dead and never even existed. If you're not going to fire somebody who flouts that to that extent, in my opinion. So what he was saying yesterday, Price, and I'm so disappointed in this because he always sees a fiscal hawk and he's a doctor. He's had great things to say about health care reform, this patient center. I really I was a fan of the guy. What he kept saying was, listen, all these trips were approved. We went through all the regular protocols. They're all approved, which just proves beyond a shadow of a doubt, my friends. The the quote-unquote approval process is a joke. They just squander our money at will, but keep voting for bigger government. Go ahead. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the way. God, people are stupid. They don't know when they're being scammed. No. It's like, God, I've heard stories from FBI guys who've been investigating uh, oldsters being scammed. Uh, on on the phone or whatever, some slick talker talks them out of half their retirement, and then we're there taking their statement as we're getting ready to prosecute, and they're on the phone falling for another scam. It's so sad. Well, that's the American people. There's just no helping you, I guess. I don't know. I'm fine with the Secretary of Health and Human Services, whatever he's doing on a regular basis, flying regular flights. Why the hell not? Why not? Why's he got to take a private plane everywhere he goes? And the fact that he was an activist on this issue and really lecturing people and then does it as soon as he gets in office. Freaking fire his ass. I don't care if he's good or not. You gotta send a message. I swear, if Trump doesn't fire this guy, forget it. There is no such thing as draining the swamp. Wow, that's It'll ex- never happen. That's exciting. Let's uh, wait to see what happens today. Yeah. Uh, so, the president's wife tried to give some books to a library. That went south. Um, we got a bunch of good stuff. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We'll talk more about the Twitter and Facebook thing coming up on uh, how we're going to handle that as a society. Because what we're currently doing, I don't don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if we can do it. Luckily, I know precisely how we need to handle it as a society. Perfect. That's so so handy. You know, some men are born for their times. So uh, right after the top of the hour, I'll clarify that. Uh, Positive, Sean, if you could alert Congress to be listening. Mm. So the first lady of the United States, one Melania Trump, has decided that her cause, because you got to have a cause as a first lady, yeah, that's fine, uh, is uh, getting kids to read yeah, this... literacy, which is 
perfect and wonderful. I mean, good for you for being up with children learning to read. Yeah, it's uh, hard to imagine anybody's against that, but someone is. <laughs> In the era where you can't eat a donut, you cannot look at a sunset, you cannot walk down a street without it turning political. Melania Trump attempted to send 10 Dr. Seuss books, well, to many, many schools, but uh, they included Cambridge Port School in Cambridge, Massachusetts, to mark National Read-A-Book Day. But librarian Liz Fipsorio... Do, do we know the particular Dr. Seuss books? Um, Dr. I, Seuss's Art of the Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss's uh, White Supremacy. Um, no, just your, your top 10 sure. uh, uh, Dr. Seuss books. Left foot, um, right foot, etc. Librarian Liz Fipsorio told the school told her the school would not be keeping them, according to the Washington Post. In an open letter, Suorio thanked the first lady, but then described Dr. Seuss as a tired and worn ambassador for children's literature and suggested <laughs> ten alternative uh, children's books, which we'll get to. The illustrations of Melania Trump's favorite children's author are, quote, steeped in racist propaganda, caricatures, and harmful stereotypes, according to this social justice librarian. Everybody knows cats don't wear hats. I I had no idea that there was anything around Dr. Seuss. The wearing of tall white striped hats is white supremacist haberdashery. She suggested instead... Auntie Yang's Great Soybean Picnic. On a family outing in the 1950s, Auntie Yang discovers a field of soybeans and a way to overcome homesickness for China while sharing a very special food. China! Way better than a cat in a hat. What's amazing is you got somebody who rose to the level of being in charge of a school library and is on the public dime who is anti-Dr. Seuss books for little kids. (laughs) Holy freaking crap. Yeah. Somebody ideology, hired her. Ideology crushes intelligence. Somebody it hi- renders it inert. Somebody hired her to right. be the school librarian. She suggested Mama's Nightmare, a story of immigration and separation. Instead of left foot, right foot, or green eggs and ham. Red, a crayon story. Crayon red is labeled red, but he colors blue which creates frustration for the other crayons, and this read himself. Once he lets go of his label, everything turns around, including the other crayons' minds. Okay, you're a weirdo, but you why, why not just have those weird books that kids probably won't read and the Dr. Seuss books? Why do you reject the... It's because you hate Donald Trump. That really gets down to the basis of it, right? She, she might have just made all this up in the last week because <laughs> he just hates Donald Trump so much, couldn't accept the books from his wife. Instead of green eggs and ham, how about separate is never equal? Sylvia Mendez and her family's fight for desegregation. Yeah, that's Sure, a... put that in front of a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. God dang it. That, that is just so freaking amazing. There are so many people... In education that are actually dangerous to society. I would agree. And harmful to your children. Like, keep her away from my kid. She shouldn't be allowed near my kid because she's so effing crazy. For her, small children reading is purely a mechanism by which she can uh, indoctrinate them. And, you know, half of this stuff is great. Although it's just so obvious it's trying so hard. Drum Dream Girl. How One Girl's Courage Changed Music. A young girl on an island of music dreams of becoming a drummer 
But only boys play drums. I'll let you guess the rest. Yeah. Okay, how about you have those books that the kids probably aren't going to check out and the Dr. Seuss books, though? So you're going to eliminate the Dr. Seuss books and try to force the kids into those books. So you're in favor of racist propaganda, caricatures, and harmful stereotypes. Did she give any examples? Well, yeah, like that Take Charge Goldfish who's always ordering people around in the cat in the hat. It's gold supremacy. That's what it is. Gold fascism. Fight fish fascists. The fish is a bit of a fun, sir. He's a fishist. Buzzkill won't let you have any fun. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.